0: The summit of the century. President Putin, President Biden, Geneva, Switzerland. The stakes could not be, well, they actually could be a lot higher. This was a no big deal summit. I think everybody needs to uh, take a deep breath. The fake news wants us to think that this is the moment. It's not. The cold world is over. Uh, What was adding to the suspense a little bit? Would Joe Biden screw up? Because the media have covered for this guy for a long time. And guess what? He did, but they're still taking care of him. Inside the meeting, they talked, doors closed for about two hours. What happened? No substantive agreements, really. Um, Some broad expressions of goodwill. Nothing when it comes to cyber. This was, again, revealing when they wrapped it up. The tradition, the protocol, really. Both leaders appear together for a joint press conference. The Biden administration could not have it. First, it was Vladimir, a trained propagandist, and quite frankly, he told some doozies when it comes to uh, tall tales, maybe even lies. Uh, But Joe Biden wasn't on the stage with him. Joe Biden took another stage later, outdoors for some reason. It was uh, 87 degrees, 87 degrees. Why couldn't he have done it inside where it was air conditioned? That was actually a factor. 87 degrees, and uh, the heat started to get to Joe. We'll start with Joe. Yep, there he goes. Takes off the jacket and uh, puts it actually on the floor of all places. I thought an aide might snap to it, but that did not happen. So, after that, what did he do? Well, like uh, Vladimir Putin, he told some doozies. Actually, I'm just going to call it a lie. Mr. President,
1: when President Putin
0: was questioned today about human rights, he said the reason
1: why he's cracking down on opposition leaders um, is because he doesn't want something like January 6th to happen in Russia. And he also said he doesn't want to see groups formed like Black Lives Matter. What's your response to that, please?
2: <laughs> My response is kind of what I communicated. But I think that's a, uh, that's a ridiculous comparison. It's one thing for literally criminals... To break through cordon go into the capitol kill a police officer and be held unaccountable and it is for people objecting and marching on the capitol and saying you are not allowing me to speak freely you are not allowing me to do a b c or d
0: did you hear the part where he said they killed a cop that is not true and one of the reasons why we don't want to lock up people michelle malkin calls it a an American gulag, these people in jail since January 6th for so long, because you don't want our adversaries pointing that out. We used to be better than this, locking up people. Uh, and then there were some substantive questions that were asked, interesting questions that Joe just felt compelled to blow
3: off. President Putin had called you in his press conference an experienced person. You famously told him he didn't have a soul. Do you now have a deeper understanding of him after this meeting? Thank
2: you, thank you very much.
3: But on the military, military response?
2: Sir. No, we didn't talk about military response.
0: He loves those sunglasses. Thinks he looks cool. Uh, thank you very much. Why did you listen to the question if you're going to answer it? And then. Look at this. This is borderline um, harassment of a young reporter from CNN. Take a look.
4: Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident he behavior. What the hell? What do you do all the time? So when did
2: I say I was confident? You I said, said in the next six I said, be able to what him. I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will we'll change their behavior? Is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world? I'm not confident
4: of anything. I'm just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press
5: conference, after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks, he downplayed human rights abuses, he even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President, President Putin?
2: President if you don't understand that you're in your own business <laughs>
0: Did you catch that? If you don't understand that, you're in the wrong business. Blowing his top and harassing a female reporter. What a way to wrap up a diplomatic summit, huh? And then when he got to the airport, Air Force One, he wasn't done ridiculing the press. That, by the way, has covered for him from the beginning.
2: What concrete evidence do you have from these three hour, 3 plus hours that, that suggests that any movement has been made? And I don't know, I
6: don't, I don't mean that. No, no, a, no, 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 I know, but you, you're all, to look, to be a good reporter, you've got to be negative. you got to have a negative view of life, okay, it seems to me, the way you all, you never ask a positive question. Why, in fact, having agreement, we'll find
0: out. Joe, the reporters have covered for your alleged corruption, your cognitive issues. I could go, Hunter, and you're calling them out for being negative, huh? Media? You shouldn't have done this guy any favors. All right. It's time to look at, oh, I want to point this out. This is Joe Biden scripted. Yeah. They had a great big fat teleprompter. Uh, Looks like he ditched it a little bit prematurely. Okay. Now Vladimir Putin's turn. He took 37 questions from the press as opposed to Joe Biden's, uh, what, 17 or so? Um, Let's start with uh, the big issue of the day, cyber attacks.
5: US sources claim that the majority of cyber attacks are made from the US territory, uh, then a second one is Canada, then two Latin American states, and then the UK. As for Russia,
6: it is not listed in this ranking
5: of uh, countries that see the most uh, the significant number of cyber attacks from their territory
0: cyber attacks we know nothing of cyber attacks we do not wage cyber attacks you wage cyber attacks is <laughs> pretty good huh deny everything admit nothing make counter accusations what else
6: america has just recently went through a well grievous uh, chain of events after a certain african-american individual was uh, killed and an entire movement The Black Lives Matter movement appeared. I'm not. I'm not going to go into details. I will spare you them. But we've seen pogroms. We've seen, you know, looting and violations and riots. We sympathize with the Americans, but we do not want for the same thing to happen on the Russian soil, and we'll do anything possible to prevent this.
0: You see. The junk from the past year, the far-left propaganda, the stigmatizing of our cops, that has damaged our position on the world stage.
6: There's more. People went into U.S. Congress with political demands. 400 people are now facing criminal charges. They are facing prison terms of up to 20 maybe 25 years they are called homegrown terrorists they are being accused of many other things 70 people were arrested right there on the spot 30 of them are still arrested on what grounds not quite clear one of the participants a woman was shot dead on the spot she was not threatening with, uh, you know, with arms or anything. He's not wrong. He's
0: not wrong. Look, uh, I'm rooting for Joe Biden here on the international stage, but it looks to me like he was owned today. Look at Putin here, calm, under control. (laughs) Joe Biden, I mean, confronting a reporter saying, hell, and you don't know your business, that was not good. Now, there's a reason why You want leaders who are cognitively with it, at the top of their game. Russia, the Soviet Union, learned this a long time ago. There was an era there where their leaders were like mummies, fossils, really way up there in age. Brezhnev, Andropov, Chernenko. Nobody ever saw these guys for years at a time. They don't want that anymore. So they go with a younger guy with vitality, Putin. We're going in the other direction for some reason. I do have to pick up on this. President Putin said, we have essentially an American gulag here in America. January 6th, so many people still in custody. Things were broken. Things shouldn't have happened. There was trespassing. None of these people killed the cop. That's wrong, Joe Biden. Ashley Babbitt was killed and she was unarmed. And we still don't have the full story. This makes us vulnerable. The fact that this is going on and no one's talking about it, he's watching. Our enemies are watching, and they're taking notes. And Joe Biden doesn't have any good answers. And even if he was asked a question, he's not practiced. We don't want that. That's one of the reasons why he was not on the stage with Vladimir Putin. All right. Who else was not in Geneva? Hunter Biden he had a great big entourage. He did not take His son. I think, was Jill there? I'm not sure about that. Hunter has been known to make international trips before. Here he is with uh, his dad in China. But the news lately about Hunter Biden, suddenly he's an artist. At the age of 51, Hunter Biden is the new Banksy. He is the new Thomas Kincaid. Yes, I like Thomas Kincaid. Take a look at this. He uh, fashioned a pipe laying around the house and well, anyway, he's some sort of an artist. The fake news says so. Look at this. Look at these headlines. They say he's great. How much will these paintings go for? Prices for Hunter Biden's work will range from $75,000 for works on paper to as high as half a million dollars for large-scale paintings. Art dealers have praised Hunter's artistic ability, saying his work could be worth big bucks. Again, fifty-one. dollars a star is born. Look, Hunter Biden can't do international business anymore, all right? He could get away with that when his father was vice president. But this is a, this is a whole new level. You've heard the allegations by now. Uh, new York Post did some fascinating reporting on this. Tony Bobolinsky and Rudy Giuliani. Could this be a way, this art situation, a way of getting money to the big guy? Here's Rudy Giuliani. Your prince got it. The prince of darkness, Joe Biden. The guy who used his son, a drug addict, to be his bag man. I think he's on to something. Stay with us, folks. We'll have some fake news follies from Geneva and also Elise Stefanik coming up. Checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson. You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or at newsmaxtv.com slash podcast. All I can, I can say, say is, is that, that the, the fake, fake news just, just doesn't, doesn't get it, do they? Do they? they <laughs> oh the fake news, they were in full force. A lot of interesting moments today. Joe Biden, their hero, along with Vladimir Putin. Okay, now I watch this moment. Uh, No big deal. Two guys shaking hands. And um, then they walked inside. That's how I saw it. But this is how Jim Sciutto saw it. Uh, Now, Mr. Sciutto is an anchor at CNN. They don't tell you that he's a Trump hater. And they don't tell you also that he had a high-level communications position in the Obama administration this is how he saw that moment. I'll tell you one moment I noticed there in the Biden-Putin interaction, the handshake, Biden looked Putin in the eye with a smile, Putin looked away. Again, you don't want to read too much or too little, but but again, these are about public posturing. It's about how you
6: project strength. And that, that was a notable moment to me.
0: Notable moment. Well, actually, not to nitpick here, but I know something about international diplomacy myself. They're both supposed to look at the camera. That's the deal. You see, it's a photo op. They both are supposed to, and Vladimir knew how to do it. Joe didn't. Anyway, not to nitpick. How about this? The media, uh, you know what? I'm guilty of this sometimes myself. I'm sorry, but they love, they talk too much.
7: Can we bring in now NBC's Richard Engel, who is live in Geneva. So Richard, one of the most um, sort of interesting pieces of this as it relates to Putin and his issues domestically was this kind of, call oh, it is, kind of a burr from Alexei Navalny from prison, yeah. who basically called Putin like a grandpa, you know, trying to hide from COVID, right? Portraying him as this almost doddering senior who's, who's not this strong leader that Putin likes to portray himself as, but an old guy, you know, building a palace to live in away from COVID, even though it's something he denies, Right. Putin, with this summit, you've got some experts who say President Biden is actually giving Putin in a way almost a domestic lifeline. Yeah, yeah a domestic lifeline, uh, because it is sort of by, by saying him, yes, he is a worthy adversary. You are in effect putting him on a similar level. Talk about this. Talk about the dynamic of, of Putin in Moscow and what this summit means back home.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. How about what's going on in Russia, huh? This guy, the guy, oh, he's in Geneva, and she's got to give her observations about everything, and the guy next to her is getting a little impatient. I know the language, okay? Anyway, what do you think? Let me know. Uh, we also have this. Sometimes, especially in cable TV, they don't know that much, but they've got to keep it going somehow. They've got to fill airtime. This is a, I think, a very good example of that. Not much information, plenty of tap dancing.
4: In terms of cybersecurity and ransomware attacks, we can expect that in the words of one senior administration official to be a bulk and major topic of discussion here today. Probably on the top we knew that of two the weeks list ago. agenda with, of course, all those other items, including Ukraine aggression, human rights abuses, and everything else we've been discussing. But this is an area where President Biden has been clear. He has said he doesn't seek conflict with Russia. But when it comes to these malign activities online, clearly everything we've seen in the spate and increase of These cyber intrusions in the last couple of weeks and months that if Putin does not agree to intervene, stop, or help really abate this, that then the U.S. will respond in kind. So that's something where we're waiting to see whether there will be additional economic sanctions, for instance, something we saw in response to the solar winds hack of last year, that sweeping. See what I'm talking about? That's enough. That's enough. There's no no
0: new information. I knew this stuff a long time ago. Everybody did, if you're following the news. And uh, they just got nothing to say, and they say it. It's pretty funny, in my opinion. Uh, Also, they like to uh, convey drama where there isn't that much.
6: There will be no
0: uh, breaking of bread, so to speak. No shared meal between the two world leaders. President Biden will not be alone with Putin one-on-one at any time. And afterward, a pair of separate solo news conferences expected to take place.
3: He was the one to first
1: speak and say that he wanted a successful meeting. Then President Biden certainly felt that he had to say something. So he said, uh, from best we could hear, As I've said, it's always better to meet face-to-face. I'm paraphrasing there. So he got the first licks in, and then they sat there uh, somberly. This this narrower meeting, which obviously uh, was uh, President Biden and Secretary Lincoln, uh, Putin, and the Foreign Minister Lavrov. Now, that lasted around 93 minutes, we believe.
0: Uh, We believe, all right, let's see here. No lunch, solo press conference. I knew all this. I knew all this stuff. I'm on 47th Street in New York. I know all this stuff. And they're just, look, we say fake news for a reason. It's mostly fake. I think you'd be better off with Newsmax. All right, folks, we also have this. Black lives
4: matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter.
0: Black lives do matter. All lives matter. Black Lives Matter, but not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only seem to care when a black life is taken by a white cop. But the reality is, all black lives matter. All lives matter, including the life of 15-year-old Calante Brewer, shot and killed um, near his home in Indianapolis, the north side of Indianapolis, The shooting was witnessed by several students, classmates from his school. They say they were walking through their neighborhood to play at a local basketball court. A car drove by, made a U-turn, someone opened fire. The principal says he was a great kid, good student. So far, no motive, no arrests. He is the seventh homicide victim under the age of 18 so far this year in Indianapolis. We have been seeing so much of this. And a 16-year-old we know, his family, Cassius Cone Clay, murdered recently. I believe the case is unsolved. We will be joined by his parents in just a little bit. So, about a month ago, there was a terrible accident, car accident, in Washington, D.C., but unfortunately, it was actually it turned out to be much worse than just a car accident with a couple of totaled cars. This was a scene of a shooting. It's still unsolved. 16-year-old Cassius Khan Clay was shot and killed in the aftermath or during that accident. Still unclear exactly what happened. He was just 16 years old, and we've seen way too much of this across the country. Now, his mother, Juanita Culbreath. And Father will join us in a moment, Con Glay. But Juanita spoke to local media. Uh, So sorrow, so much sorrow over her son and a bit of anger about the current conversation in America.
1: All this black lives matter, black lives matter. I want black lives to really matter. Like our community have to be held accountable as a whole. We have to do more for these kids. We can't just keep letting this go go on.
0: Juanita Colbreth joins us, the mother of Cassius and Conglay, the father of Cassius. Uh, welcome to you both. I am so, so sorry for your loss. Um, welcome to Newsmax. Juanita, we heard you on the news there, the local news. Do you still feel that way? Absolutely. What?
1: I still feel that's that way.
0: Mm-hmm. What? Are Americans not talking about that they should be talking about when it comes to violence across America?
2: So if I may, I think um, I also agree with Juanita's comments, but there's also a larger scope. I think collectively as a nation, we have to start caring when this happens. I think it's easy for us to kind of look at this as, oh, it's a black community problem or it's just the dad or the mom that lost their kid and sometimes we run this narrative that puts it in a certain perspective but the reality is collectively if this nation does not care when this happens then the commentary from the sideline for people that are not involved that do care doesn't impact our mission and our goal
0: well let me run this by you uh juanita mentioned black lives Matter. And we've been talking about it a lot uh, across the country. But the movement Black Lives Matter seems to only care, only spend money. Media attention is only there when a black life is taken by a white cop. For instance, and I think this is very unfortunate, your son, Cassius Khan Glay is not a big story. And it probably should be much bigger. Um, Khan, how do you feel about
2: that? So I don't think that's a criticism of Black Lives Matter. Um, we've had many community organizers reach out to us and give us support in ways where they weren't seeking media attention and they weren't seeking the spotlight. Um, so I don't think that's a direct criticism of them. I think it's a collective criticism of this nation. Now, part of Juanita's comments was the fact that th- we are engaged in the community, you know, and we want to see those people in our community actually start to do more. We want that. But the reality also lies that this nation has to start to care and not just take a narrative and try to paint a picture of these young lives so that we can excuse the fact that we don't care. Well, what's the narrative?
0: I'll get to that in a second, if you don't mind, Khan. Um, And for either of you, I'd like to know a little bit more about Cassius, what he was like what What were his hobbies and uh, again i'm I'm so sorry that he's gone but but what was Cassius like?
1: Cassius is a smart, very smart, intelligent boy. Some you would even call him a nerd. He's so smart, loving, caring, very respectful, all the time. Cassius loves to help people always helping someone, always bringing children home for me to help. <laughs> um, very smart, he so Cassius has so many goals.
2: Right. You know, I shared this at his funeral. Um, when Cassius was born, we knew that he was unique yep. and he had a destiny for something great. We would have never imagined that it would manifest this way, but we understand that. Um, and we, we, we embrace that responsibility, that Cassius' passing is not the end of Cassius's legacy, in fact, it's the beginning. Um, so we're dedicating ourselves to creating opportunities for other young people so that their lives don't have to end this way.
0: How do we do that? Um, how does this, that's a, that's, a, that's a big one. That's a big one to, to tackle, obviously. Um, how do we start?
2: I, th- I think, I think it starts with where I was just speaking. It's easy to critique an organization like Black Lives Matter about the passing of my son. But the commitment to making sure that the circumstances that create that to happen, there's no commitment there from this nation. It is not a criticism on one group of a political party. Everyone has to collectively care about young black lives being lost in the streets of this country. It's not even about a movement. Everyone can create these slogans and these ideas that only divide us. That's not our agenda with our son's passing. We're reaching out to people of all races, nationality, ages, political perspective, and saying these are young lives they're dying. This nation has enough resources, whether it be understanding socially why this is happening, whether it be understanding psychologically what is happening. I mean, we have the history that points us to why black communities ended up this way. So we have all that we need to make the difference as a nation, but this entire nation has to care. Well, Until that happens, the ideas and the people that have the ideas and the resources won't come together as a nation, but we are dedicated, as the parents that have lost this child, yep. to collect and, and network with people from everywhere that are dedicated to making sure that we create opportunities for other young people so they don't lose their lives this way.
1: We can save other families from going through this pain that we've had to go through.
0: We know that this and is- And
1: I, I, I wanna make this clear also. Sure. when I say I'm angry at the community not everyone, because there's organizations that, as Khan said, that has been to our home, that has sent their condolences, even prior to Cassius Passing Away. But we can't just have us, us, this set of parents, and a couple of organizations trying to help all the children. Everybody have to be on the same page. We all have to be on board, and with Cassius Passing, As Khan said, we're committed and dedicated to helping as many children as we can from losing their lives and helping another family from not, from not having to go through this pain.
0: We are so sorry that you are going through this pain. I will gently point out, it's actually rather difficult in our culture today to criticize the Black Lives Matter organization, the organization. And some of us have questioned the fairness and uh, their values. Um, And I think you can have that conversation. But I want to emphasize immediately right now there's something we can do. A GoFundMe page has been set up uh, to benefit. Here it is, the Cassius Khan Coming Home Memorial Fund. And uh, we're glad that we've exceeded the goal there so far. But we know that a million different uh, expenses pop up at times like this. And it sounds like you've got ambitions to turn this Horrible tragedy. Maybe someday into something positive. Um, Juanita, absolutely. I, I, I wish you the best. Stay in touch. Let us know if Newsmax can be of any help. Juanita Colbreth and Con Clay, and again our condolences for the loss of your 16-year-old son Cassius Con Clay.
2: Thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you. We are. Thank you, we appreciate the opportunity and we want to extend an email address to anyone that would like to join us in this mission of saving these young people and actually doing the work. It's longlivecashus at gmail.com. All the words spelled out, and his name is K-A-S-S-I-U-S, longlivecashus at gmail.com. Join us, We're not, we don't care where you're from. If you have compassion and you have a love and you want to help to save these young lives, We're willing and open to work with
0: you. Cassius at gmail.com. I'll make sure we put that on the Newsmax Twitter so people can go there, and, uh, and it's right there on the screen. All the best. Stay in touch. We'll be back soon, and thank you.
2: Thank you.
4: Thank you.
3: presume you got a readout of the call, is that correct? A very terse
6: readout, but yes.
3: In this tertiary readout of the call, Ambassador, from the U.S. participants, was there any reference to withholding aid?
6: No, there was not.
3: Any reference to bribery? No, there was not. Any reference to quid pro quo?
1: No, there was not.
3: Any reference to extortion? No, there was not. And I presume you also got feedback from your Ukrainian counterparts as to how the call went. Did they mention the withholding of aid?
2: No, they did not.
0: She was amazing defending President Trump during that phony impeachment. Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, Republican of New York. She is the House GOP conference chair. That makes her the third highest ranking Republican in Congress. Congresswoman, welcome to Newsmax. And um, so nice to meet you. I thought you did such a great job back then. Thank you so much. Great to be with you, Greg. And since, by the way, and since. All right, I'd like to get your thoughts, if you don't mind, on Joe Biden. Vladimir Putin, that summit, uh, everybody is hyperventilating all day long like this was the Cold War. I wasn't impressed by Joe, but please, ma'am, your thoughts.
3: My thoughts are, unfortunately, President Biden asserted weakness and gave multiple giveaways to Vladimir Putin even before walking into today's summit. And I'll outline a few today. Number one is the Nord Stream 2. This is the Russian energy pipeline partnered with Germany, and it was one of the top priorities of Vladimir Putin. Uh, Against his advisor's um, best recommendation, Vice President Biden waived sanctions. Number two... The five-year extension of the New START Treaty, which was a top priority from the Russian perspective, that was a giveaway as well. And then third is the cyber attacks that the U.S. has faced prior to this sit down, whether it was the thugs backed by Russia attacking our energy sector or attacking our agricultural supply. So this was, unfortunately, a weak moment for the United States on the world stage. And I think President Biden, particularly in the press availability, really showed his weakness unfortunately, which threatens our national security.
0: He sure did, didn't he? And he had that weird, I don't know, he was acting up. He got really upset at a reporter at one point and seemed to charge her, totally lost control. It was a very peculiar moment at a diplomatic summit. You mentioned cyber, though. And I'd like to play this uh, moment from Vladimir Putin's press conference, which was strangely a solo press conference. Take a
5: look, please. US sources claim that the majority of cyber attacks are made from the US territory, uh, then a second one is Canada, then two Latin American states, and then the UK. As for Russia,
6: it is not listed in this ranking
5: of uh, countries that see the most uh, the significant number of cyber attacks from their territory.
0: Cyber attacks? What cyber attacks? You were engaged in cyber attacks and he could get away with that because he was by himself, Joe Biden wasn't there, and that's how these things are normally done. Both leaders are present.
3: Well, unfortunately, that's Vladimir Putin lying to the international community and uh, a strong president would hold him accountable. Unfortunately, we have not seen a strong president holding him accountable.
0: Indeed. Indeed. So, all right, you went through the Uh, the major substantive issues. And, oh, I do want to show you this. Joe Biden actually complained about negative media attention uh, on his way out of the country. And it seems to me as though he's been the beneficiary of the media covering up for him uh, since he started at least running for president. Take a look.
2: What concrete evidence do you have from these three-plus hours that, that suggests that any movement has been made? I
6: don't mean that. No, to no, be a, no, no, nice. no, know. No, but you, you're all your look to be a good reporter. You got to be negative. You got to have a negative view of life. Okay? It seems to me the
2: way you all you never ask a positive question. Why, in fact, having agreement? will find out.
0: So a lot of things are happening today, but I just was struck by this, that uh, he doesn't seem to recognize that he's been handed and protected and coddled by the mainstream press.
3: He has been completely protected by the mainstream press, uh, to the point where he has done so few press interviews, so few press conferences, that he gets so easily rattled when there are very fair questions. And compare that to the media's coverage of President Trump, Uh, how critical, how biased it was throughout the four years of the Trump administration. We are seeing a stark contrast with how the media has really treated President Biden with kid gloves. Uh, They continue to sweep the multiple crises he has has caused under the table, whether it's national security crises like in the Middle East or whether it's the border security crisis along the southern border. So the the fact that you have both the White House press office and the president complaining about press coverage, come on, uh, Republicans just stand in our shoes for a day. We're dealing with a biased mainstream media 24-7.
0: Well, congratulations on your recent elevation to uh, GOP conference chair. We're kind of happy, some of us, that Liz Cheney is no longer there. Bit of a never-Trumper. How do you like the job so far?
3: Well, first of all, I'm honored to have the opportunity to help uh, the Republicans get our message out to the American people. I'm also honored to have the opportunity for my district in the North Country to make sure we have a seat at the highest level in our nation's government. Um, And I think Republicans are very happy. We have a unified message working together as a team to defeat the radical socialist agenda that we are seeing from President Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. And make no mistake, the American people are feeling the destructive nature of their politics policies, whether it's the historic inflation we're experiencing, whether it's the high gas tax prices, the gas prices. Uh, they're the highest they've been since when President Obama was in office or whether there's whether it's small businesses struggling to hire. So people are feeling the impact of these policies is in, in a negative way on Main Street. That's what our members are focused on, is talking about issues that matter to the American people rather than some of the infighting that we had seen previously over the past few months.
0: We're feeling like it's going to be a a great midterm. We'll see. Elise Stefanik, uh, Congresswoman of uh, New York, we appreciate it so much. All the best.
3: Thank you very much.
0: You bet. And we'll be right back. So a cop was not killed by these folks on january 6th yes some people broke the law some people were allowed into that capital it's kind of astonishing for me to hear uh joe biden lie overseas i didn't like it um i don't think my next guest liked it either diamond and silk of course uh, well-known social media stup- superstars good friends with president trump And good friends of Newsmax, contributors of Newsmax, there they are, in the cabinet room with the president of the United States, former President Trump. Diamond Silk, how are you guys?
7: Oh, we're wonderful. I hope you're doing well.
0: So what'd you think of uh, Joe Biden's remarks about January 6th? You know, it still bothers me that so many people are in jail who didn't hurt anybody and didn't break anything.
7: That's right. And they're not being given due process. But we do know who was killed, a veteran, Mm -hmm. an unarmed veteran. And they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to discuss that. But had that been a black, uh, left-leaning liberal Uh that was killed by somebody, all chains and fences would have broke loose. You know, Biden, it looks like just who he is, a fool. That's right. He's overseas. He looks like a fool. He looks demented. He don't know what he's talking about. And he does not
8: represent us as Americans. No, he do not. It looked like, uh, to me, elderly abuse is what's going on here. And he actually makes our country look very, very weak. When I think about January the 6th, and and I look back at 2020, the summer of 2020, how you had people like from Black Lives Matter and Antifa throwing frozen cans at officers, spitting in officers' faces, and the officers being told to stand down. Mm -hmm. But you have this patriot wrapped up in a flag going through a window, and what she do? She gets shot. We still have yet to know who shot her. Then to listen to Jim Crow Joe, he likes to compare what happened January 6 to 9-11. Let me tell you something. The people was unable to go back into the buildings on 9-11, but people was able to go back into the building on January the 6th. That's right. So it's no comparison. And it's time for we, as the American people, to rise up against what they're doing the way that they're taken and they're putting these individuals into solidary confinement and nobody seems to be doing anything about it, where is the RNC and the GOP on this right here? How is it that they're able to put these people in solidary confinement but nobody speak out for these people or take up for these individuals? How is it that these people are able to come To this particular gathering, and they know they was gonna scale a wall on one side while being let in on the other side, but everybody quieter than mice peeing on cotton.
0: You know, I'm looking at the horns guy right now. He was a he was kind of you know he was a wild man, but you can watch the videotape. He's polite. He's escorted by police into the Senate chamber. He doesn't break anything. He doesn't hurt anybody, and he's still in jail. And you know what? We all know Mm -hmm. President Trump. You guys maybe he should be getting involved because these, a lot of these folks are good people and they, they've been punished and it seems without due process in some cases.
7: Absolutely. And why aren't they being given due process? Yeah. Where's our judiciary system? Mm. Everybody has bail. These people took an oath to uphold the Constitution. Yeah. You swore on the Bible, and people's constitutional rights are being violated, and Uh you're looking the other way. It's time for all Americans, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, to stand up against this inequality. That's right. Okay? That's what we're going to have to do here in America.
0: I love it. I love it, and thank you for mentioning Ashley Babbitt. We've been talking about it a lot here, uh, but we don't have the answers that we need. And yes, Republicans need to start pushing. Too many of them are just like, eh, hey, you know, what are you going to do? Diamond mm-hmm. Silk, you guys are the best. To be continued. We'll watch you right here on Newsmax at 8:30 on Saturdays, Sundays, and of course, check them out on social media. They. Are huge everywhere they go. Thank you very much. Thank,
7: Thank you for having us.
0: You bet, you bet. And I'll be right back. Six years ago today, it's June 16th, yeah, June 16th, 2015, Donald Trump came down that escalator. Wild time, right? And what a wild speech. Guess who was in the room? Me. <laughs> it's true. I was there kind of on a fluke. It was on my way home. A friend of mine knew Michael Cohen and invited me to this uh, event. We didn't know if he was going to launch a new TV show, if he was going to run for president, or there are all kinds of rumors flying around. So I watched the speech with an open mind. A lot of other reporters did not. This is what the Daily News said about his presidential entree. Clown runs for president. Hmm. Camera came up to me. Right after the speech, I was moved by that address. Here's what I said. I think he might be a game changer in this race. Listen to that speech. It's going to go over well uh, in certain precincts in Iowa, New Hampshire. This is a big deal. This is not a joke. Ah, They made fun of me for that, but I could feel it. When he said America doesn't win anymore, I thought about how we haven't been to the moon and outer space and a lot of other things. He was right. I was there. I think you should stick with this show. I'll see you tomorrow. Stand by for Stinchfield.